All right, as we embark on the great snowshoeing quest of 2011, Nick, how do you feel about the odds of us dying? I'm pretty confident we will not die. Pretty confident? Like, give me a percentage. Uh, I'd say there's a 99.8% chance that we will not die. And why is that? Is it because we're all so well prepared? Well, no, not really, because I don't feel very prepared at all. Mostly it's because there's like 500 cars in a line right here, so I assume there's going to be a thousand other people out there who would save me if I was close to death. Well, people can't really save you very well for an avalanche, and with all of the nonsensical things we will be doing, there's a good chance we will cause one. What then? Um, my chance has just decreased to about 70%, I think. <laughs> all right. Melissa, chances of dying? Mm, 12%. Courtney? Slim to none. Emily? Vanishingly small. Where'd you get those glasses from? Uh, somewhere in the mall two days ago. They look like they look like the Willy Wonka ones from the Johnny Depp movie. Kind of why I got them. Yeah. All right. Any last words before we die? I don't want to die. Why don't you want to die? <laughs> because that would be lame. Uh, twenty twelve. We're all gonna die anyway. So just get ahead of the curve, right? By avalanche. Avalanche is the preferred method. Of yeah, Mayans were all about the avalanches. <laughs> all right. We'll check in with you later. All right, Nick, we are on the return journey from this ridiculous snowshoeing expedition. We have not died yet, nope. so it seems like the prediction you made at the beginning is coming true. Uh, I'd like to know your thoughts on Nicolas Cage's acting career and why it fell off the rails after National Treasure. I don't know that it actually fell off the rails after National Treasure. It was never on the rails or something else? It never was. I, I think one of the worst things you can say about a movie is starring Nicolas Cage. That's true. In fact, I think that's probably a reason for people not to go see it. I think that's a very good, good point. Did you like The Rock, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, or Face Off? I liked The Rock, mostly because Sean Connery was in it. Well, we discussed that theory earlier in the podcast, uh, and the premise was that a lot of the movies that are good starring Nicolas Cage are good because of the supporting cast around him, like Sean Connery or John Travolta. Thoughts? Yes. Good answer. I'm now with Emily again. I just mentioned to Nick that we have not yet died on this Adventure, I think the odds of us dying, fairly low at this point. But when we get back to civilization, we'll be stuck with the same crappy economy that we had when we left today. And uh, earlier on a previous episode, we talked about the idea of using syntaxes uh, on stuff like soft drinks, fast food, fatty foods, unhealthy foods and drinks. Uh, what, what you, how you'd feel about using that kind of money, that kind of tax system to help with the issues with the economy? Thoughts? I feel fine about that. I think disincentivizing unhealthy behaviors has ripple effects throughout the economy. So if you syntax unhealthy foods, you get people who are less likely to buy them, so they're going to be healthier. And uh, then you have more revenue for the government. Are you at all concerned about the possibility of people bootlegging uh, candy bars? Uh, sure, but, you know, that's uh, very do-it-yourself. It's very in keeping with the, the, the spirit of the times, I think. Have you ever made bootleg candy bars? No, but I kind of want to try now. All right, I think when we get home, maybe tonight we should make some homemade Twix. And, and maybe buy some real Twix so that if the first ones turn out poorly, we can still enjoy some Twix. So, Luke, how do you feel about using dogs on snowshoeing trails? I think it'd be pretty awesome. Wait, hold on, let me think this through. I was going to say it would be pretty awesome if you had a, like a sled that you could have the dogs pull you in, but then you're just stuck. You're just, yes, dog sledding is the thing. I'm aware of that. But like their nasty, nasty farts make that like the worst seat in the house, right? I mean, you're at point-blank range for a team of dog farts. <laughs> I think maybe we should find some other less smelly animal to be the sled animal of choice. How about yaks? I'm pretty sure that yaks are smelly even when they're not farting. Yetis. What a... Yetis. I think yetis would probably just kill you. Oh, wait. Mm, 
Camels? No, they're smelly too. Wait. Do you think that, okay, so a Bactrian camel can walk across snow. Wait, no, that's the other kind. The, uh, is that the ones in Africa? No. Yeah, yeah. So the dromedary camels in Africa are capable of walking across sand dunes. Do you think they'd have any chance of walking across snow? The walking part, sure. It's the fact that they don't have the insulation for the snow. It's not that cold. You just have to keep them walking all the time. Yeah, How camels aren't like that. Well, that's what whips are for, right? You don't know much about camels, do you? I know next to nothing. Ask me anything about camels. Okay. How many teeth do camels have? Camels have at least two. I think that's it. They only have two. Boom. See, I know everything about camels. <laughs> How many humps does the Bactrian camel have? Um, yeah, Floppy one's two. It's two. See, I, I know. See, we have we have successfully proven without a shadow of a doubt that I know everything about camels. No, 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 I'm cutting this off. <laughs> An alligator would be a bad sled animal. It would go very, very slowly, and it would just twist around and, and tangle up all the, the rope. Who cares about that? I don't care about them eating each other. I just want to go places. Emily points out it's cold-blooded. Oh, yeah, it would instantly stop. I like this idea. We need to get some alligators. All right, speaking of animals, Courtney, I've heard that you are a cat lover. What is your favorite kind of cat? Gray tabby cat. Yeah, just generic, like, stray from the pound kind of thing? Yes. Why don't you own one? Because Nick hates cats. Cat? Oh, Nick! You're the worst! You're sitting in the trunk on the way back. And I suppose because the neighbors have enough cats, there are cat fights already, and I don't want to add to them. How many cats How many cats does your neighbor have? Yeah, three or four or five, and I'm not exactly sure how many of them are hers and how many she's just named. Wait, it is a she. Is she a crazy cat lady? Yes. How old is she? At least 85. Whoa! She wanders around outside in her nightgown looking for her cats. <laughs> I do not like the Beatles. Um, I think some of their songs are really good, but I'm often surprised that they are so well-loved by so many people. Uh, I agree with that. The best uh, Beatles song I ever heard was performed by the Canadian Brass. What song was it? Penny Lane. And instead of having a singing top part, it was done on a uh, piccolo trumpet. Awesome. I think the challenge with me is that I wasn't alive when they were big, because when you look at it from hindsight, they just seem like another rock band from the 60s or whatever. But it's hard to understand how revolutionary they were at the time when you don't really have context for the rest of that music. Sure. Are there any currently popular bands that you really like? Um... I have an on-again, off-again relationship with the Foo Fighters. I think the best album came out over 10 years ago. And I thought Color and the Shape, that album, had just pure music gold. And then since then, it's only like one or two songs per album that I've enjoyed. Um, I mostly listen to what you'd probably call Christian musicians. So I'm a big fan of, of like Matt Kearney and John Foreman, people you've never heard of. <laughs> All right, Nick, this is a question that Emily pulled on the podcast uh, last. Do you, if you could transport all five of these people that you are currently with, including yourself, I guess, to anywhere in the world, where would you transport us to? Permanently or just go there to visit? Uh, let's say you got 24 hours and we transport back to here. Well, I'd like to say someplace like Mount Everest, because that'd be really cool. Just transport yourself to the top, look around for a while, and then go home. We are definitely geared up for at least a few minutes of that. Yeah, it's the hypoxia part that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I think something we'd be very, very, very silly and dizzy and sleepy. <laughs> and then we'd fall off the mountain. That's true. It would, it would hurt. So what you need to do is only make us transport there for like 10 minutes. So that way, even if we do pass out, we can hopefully just land on the top and then someone will resuscitate us here. Come back, yeah. So it would be like a portal gun kind of thing? 
Oh man, let's talk about portal guns. <laughs> okay, so the challenge with the portal gun is that not all surfaces are portalable. And I, I think the only way I'd really want to have a portal gun is if everything was portalable. Cause then it'd be a rad. Like if you knew, you know, some friends out of state, like Jackie and Scott for us, like if I mailed them a portal gun and they shot a hole on the wall of their basement and then sent it back to me and then I shot a hole in our garage, then we could hang out with each other all the time, bouncing between here and Minnesota. But again, you need everything to be portalable. What would you use a portal gun for? I would set up a portal on the moon and then just point it back to wherever I wanted to go. Uh, doesn't that kind of just suck out all of the oxygen and everything else from the Earth? I don't know. It never really explains that. It doesn't seem like there's any wind going from one side to the other anyway. There should. I mean, the vacuum of space is very immense. So I think your idea for that would be very dangerous because suddenly you go through the portal and other objects at like 400 miles an hour. Okay, fair enough. So you'd have to build like a... A safe house on the other side. Kind of yeah. like those uh, things when you go into a, a shopping mall in Minnesota, how it has like <laughs> the, the two sliding glass doors. It'd have to be like that. You'd have to have the most amazing aim in the world. Well, there's that. Also, the moon isn't always on the same side of the earth. That is a problem. Well, see, it depends on what surfaces are portable again. Because it seems like all the metal ones you can't do. Otherwise, I'd put it on satellites all over the place. Okay, then you'd have to have the best aim of any aimer ever. Probably. Uh, I heard the other day that the... I don't know if it's the FAA or the World Flight Council, I just made that up by the way, <laughs> has given permission for the 777 and 787 to fly over the North Pole to save gas and time. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think it's a great idea. Lots of airplanes fly pretty close to the Arctic Circle. And the only big thing about this is that it's far, the, or far enough away from the nearest airport that they need a special certification for it. That's what I've heard. The, the, the previous limit was that you had to be no farther than three hours from the nearest like aid. And this way... The new plan would give it a five and a half hour like rescue mission ETA. So my thought is though, pretty much nobody ever su survives uh, <laughs> airplane crashes in the first place. So the whole thing seems kind of moot. I was about to point that out. It seems like if you're having a trouble on an airplane ride, then you need about you know, 30 seconds or two minutes to get help. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a moot point. I can't imagine that landing a, a major jet airliner on like the frozen tundra of the Arctic Circle is going to be a very pleasant experience, even if everything works out. Probably not. What is it with airplanes being named after women? Uh, guys like women and guys were the pilots. It's not that women are temperamental and so are airplanes? Well, that's probably a legitimate point too. I think your wife's far enough away you can say yes or no. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, turns out we're being followed by a bear. What are your thoughts? I think I cannot run Nick. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. As long as you cannot run Nick, then you're safe from the bear. Um, no, really. I have a question about the PlayStation 3 that you guys have recently acquired. I remember you mentioning on Facebook that you like the controller better than the Xbox. Is that true? Yes. Is that because you have tiny little midget hands? Yes, partially. What else? Do you, do you like the, the PS3 better, worse, or the same? Uh, better so far. What is your favorite game so far? Lego Harry Potter. Yeah! <laughs> is it episode or movie one through four? One through four. All right. What's your favorite part about the game? That I cannot be dead most of it. Yeah, you like the infinite lives? Yes, I like it a lot. How far in are you? What movie, I guess? We're on the first one. We just did the learn the screaming plant spell. I think it's, yeah, it's the second book that you learn the screaming mandrake spell. I think it's adorable that you guys keep referring to it as the second book, and I only ever think of it as the second movie. Yeah, you're not a literati, are you? No. How many times have you read those books? Once. Really? Yes. Melissa, how many times have you read those books? More than once. I want, a, I want a more approximate number. Oh, uh, we'll go with half a dozen. Each? Yeah, probably. 
So you've read 42 books by J.K. Rowling. Except the second book. I usually skip that one. All right, Emily, tell me about book number two. Uh, Actually, wait. No, everybody already knows this. Why do you think Melissa doesn't like book number two? Maybe because there's the least sort of plot-moving action. It's kind of dark. Not a lot happens except that a giant snake keeps coming out of the walls and freezing people. Maybe she doesn't like that. Does the snake freeze people permanently or can they be unfrozen? They can be unfrozen. I think one person dies. Oh, no. From what? The, the glare of the basilisk. Okay. So it's got, like, two different modes. It's got, like, high beams and low beams. No, it's like if you look at it directly, you die. But if you look at it, like, through a reflection, then you're fine. Well, you're not fine. You're frozen, but not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, relatively speaking, that is fine. Right. All right. Can I sneak in here, Courtney? Why don't you like book number two? I think it's dark and there's a, all they do is a big giant snake. Is that really all there is? Well... I mean, there are some plot elements that are further developed. They're introduced in the second book. Dobby the house elf, for example. Oh, worst thing ever. Um, in the book, actually, not so much. But they get introduced in book two, but none of it's very well developed. It's, I think book number two is after she's introduced all the characters in book one, but before she's really developed into her writing style that books like three through seven kind of represent her more mature, more developed storytelling style. Do you know if she has started to write any further books or book series? No idea. Would you read another one if she made it? Uh, it depends on what it was. What if it was magic in the future? I think I would rather it be something completely different. No magic? Well, I, I just think the temptation if she did something more magic would be either for her to make it like Harry Potter or for everyone to compare it to Harry Potter and that wouldn't be... That's much fun. What if she took it totally the other direction and made it like a super dark, twisted, adults-only book? Um, like a Kelly book. I, I might give it a shot, depending on what it was. Fair enough. All right, Emily, tell me about your racism. My racism? Uh, well, we're on the record now, so <laughs> I'm not going to uh, say anything particularly incriminating. Are you racist against Nick? Yeah, you know, Nick's in general, actually. Nick's in general? That's a pretty sweeping statement. I will say... What about Nick, Nick Cage? <laughs> I love Nick Cage. I think we established that on the last podcast. <laughs> what about the Nick standing next to me? Is he, is he yay or nay? Uh, we can keep him. I did root for Spain and not uh, the Netherlands in the World Cup, though. Nick, how do you feel about that? I didn't hear what she said. She doesn't like her country. The Netherlands? Yeah, but she likes Italy. But you're not Italian. No, I'm not Italian, but she likes Italy. I don't care. I'm talking about her hating your people. <laughs> They're only half my people. That's true, I guess. And, you know, the Dutch are actually pretty badass. I mean, they invented Legos. And they're also those people that, you know, hopped in a boat. And they out. definitely invented Legos. I take it back. I love the Dutch. All right, tell me about the boats. Oh, crap. We screwed this all up. Are you sure? Quiet. She loves the Dutch. Oh, yes. Okay, Denmark, not Dutch land. We've screwed this all up. Do not listen to us for factual information. Wait, wait, wait. Tell me about this. Tell me about girl Legos. You didn't hear about this? No. Do you like braid each other's hair? No, but they... Back rubs? No. Fingernail polish painting? I don't think so. What else do girls do? A salon set rather than a pirate set. And a vet set. Yes, and you can build them into usable things faster. Wait, define usable. Well, like, guy sets, you build a whole castle and then you can finally play with it. Okay. The girls wanted to play with it from the beginning. So you, like, build a stable. You can play with the horse for a while, then you build the castle. You can play with that for a while, then you build a little whatever else is next on this. I always ever just like to build things. I didn't really care about playing with them once they were built. I only like building things so I could destroy them. Is that is that? 
The article also did talk about the whole, like, stereotypes of girls and boys because they're adding pink and lavender back in, but... Pink and lavender were in before? They tried the girl Lego thing once before. And it failed miserably, I'm guessing. Well, now, you know, people... People would probably, well, I'm guessing little kids probably get more video games, iPads, stuff like that than Legos nowadays. So do you think it even matters? They're still a hot item. So oh hopefully it still our does. Our pastor and his sons, like, that's what they do for fun is play Legos. That's because our pastor and his wife are good parents. Well, okay, so more people need to be good parents. That's actually a true statement. <laughs> Nick. Else, Nick Van Schoonhoven will keep Lego well in business for a long time. Nick, how do you feel about vice taxing uh, bad parents? It sounds like a great idea, but really hard to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Yeah, I mean, there are certainly things you could do. Like, if you're ever caught, you know, putting your kid in a frog-shaped jumper thing, then you should probably get fined for that. I agree. I think any kind of jumper thing is a bad idea for anybody. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have I ever done programming? I have written programs on my TA-83 calculator. Well, I suppose that counts. I found something kind of neat using Eclipse the other day, which is if you type to do with a colon next to it, then it like flags it that you need to go back to that piece of code. That's awesome. What is Eclipse? Eclipse is a Java developing environment, which is also used for all kinds of other things. I use it to work for Python. Okay, this is getting weird. Eclipse is used for Python. What is Python? Python is an actual language. It's... Uh... Tell me that you use Python for C++ or something. I use Python for C++. I like the idea of your coding language just being like the movie Inception, and you just have to go deeper and deeper and deeper each time and then kick back out when you want to use it. Believe it or not, it actually is. Python is an easy-to-type language that you can read, which then compiles into C code, which compiles into machine code, <laughs> which the computer actually uses. Awesome. My prediction's right. Melissa, ask me anything about programming. What do you know about programming? Almost nothing. Well, uh, would you like to learn programming someday? Uh, I would like to be able to just magically make the programs that are in my head. Reality. I don't know if I actually want to do the effort to make that happen. What would you program first if you could program anything? Whoa, that is a good question. If I could program anything... A virus that destroys iTunes? Hmm. If I could program anything, I would program some kind of crazy military simulator where you were actually time-traveling wizards from the current era going back and fighting against ancient lands of the past. So you would have... Basically, you know, at your disposal, a room kind of like that scene from the first Matrix movie where it's like every gun ever. And you could basically pick like a four-man SEAL team to go back and try to overthrow like our stupid fictional version of Camelot and, you know, Muslim palaces from years gone by and Native American establishments and, you know, all these different kinds of like essentially strongholds. You'd be able to attack them, but it wouldn't just be like some crappy Call of Duty game. It would be totally based on like uh, finite, what's the word, FEM, FME, finite, finite element analysis. There we go. So all of the rock, stone, wood, everything would have like proper characteristics. So when you shot it with different things and grenades went off, it would actually behave correctly. So it'd be this big battle of like breaching through like a moat wall and then, you know, killing everybody inside. Or maybe it'd be like different kinds of objectives where you had to kill the king without anybody knowing or, you know, you could mix it up so it's not just like random destruction. So that's what I would program. Thoughts? That sounds fantastic, but I have two questions for you. One is, wouldn't that game be incredibly easy? I mean, suppose you're going to go take over like Rome, for instance, and you have four Navy SEALs with machine guns. Seems like this would be a pretty one-sided fight. Yeah, well, I mean, you only have a certain number of bullets. Like, we want to make this as super semi as possible. So, like, if you take an arrow in the arm, you're suddenly bleeding out and you have to deal with it. 
I see. So you, can, you can't just go back to that room to rearm whenever you like. No, ideally, you have to basically pick a loadout at the beginning of each mission and uh, achieve your objective without failing. That sounds pretty fun. And again, your thing could be literally like sneak in and steal the crown off the king's head without alerting a single person or whatever it might be. It could just be like, you know, destroy every single little person inside of the building. That sounds less fun, but <laughs> I just think it'd be awesome. Well, see, the trick is I want it to have like the craziest AI of all time so that the people inside aren't always going to be like super badass, aggressive soldiers. Some of them are going to be like freaked out by like your future wizard technology and they'd run away and like... So it'd be, you know, some weird element where there's like self-preservation amongst the peasants. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it really does. You play my game? I would definitely play that game. I would play that game too. I'm just checking in. Emily, are you dead? Nope. Melissa, are you dead? Nope. Courtney, are you dead? No. Nick, are you dead? Don't think so. Clearly I am not dead because I am talking inane nonsense. Uh, how do we think about, what do we think about snowshoeing? Is it fun? Woo! Do you think it would have been better with just boots? Uh, no. I think up until we got to the trail, we would have been fine with just boots, but after that we needed the snowshoes. You don't like snow inside your boots? I don't. That's a good point. I don't think anybody does. Plus, I couldn't have fallen hilariously in the river that time. Yeah. You could have. You could have been even more hilarious. <laughs> it's true. But then I would have been sadder because I would have been wet. <laughs> it would have been a lot less pleasant for all of us when we had to like race you out of here before hypothermia set in. Yeah. It would have been awkward for you. Nick, I heard that you feel like a robot. I do. My hips are a little sore, so I'm walking like Asimo. <laughs> I, I do not have any soreness. I do not like boots, though. So these are coming off immediately. In fact, I am cutting this podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will catch you later. Thank <laughs> you.